Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kingdom of God podcast. Thank you very much for being here. I am King Sean, House of Unden, Hand of Stephen, Kingdom of God, and I do have a exciting addition for you today. It is uh, on my blog. I call this the Witches, Wizards, and Warlocks Lucky Wednesday edition. I decided a long time ago that, well, Wednesdays were just kind of a lucky day for me by routine, and so that got to be how I started thinking about them in my own personal mind and wouldn't you know they tend to be lucky all the time and uh you know one of the things i say is that we make our luck uh, our thoughts are creative and today was a fabulous example of a lucky wednesday i have some exciting developments for you with respect to my housing situation, uh, which has alleviated a considerable amount of stress. I mean, I still have a lot to worry about, but yeah, uh, I did a couple of things today to sort of ensure my protection, and that's what I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to be talking about what I'm doing to basically secure my situation right now, and I think it's going to be a good call because, uh, you know, it's it's been clearly demonstrated over the last week or so that quite often government service employees, especially uh, those who are uh, dealing with uh, disability and welfare, have a serious lack of respect for the dignity and worth of the people that they are supposed to be serving and helping. Uh, And, you know, this is quite literally an obligation of those service members of the Canadian government. And it is true that the only reason that those government elected officials have that job, which gives them, you know, government security, great health plan, and all kinds of wonderful bells and whistles that aren't even available to the people that they're serving, they wouldn't even have a job if those people were not in need of those services. And it seems to be something that they just have no appreciation or respect for. So uh, I'm gonna be talking about, yeah, what I've what I've done to secure my position um, and for what I will be doing to make every effort to secure my position. And I'm also gonna have another Letters Out Loud for you segment in this show. So there's that to look forward to as well. Uh, Yeah, it really is a lucky Wednesday. I'm thankful to have you here with me. And I'll be right back with all the goods in just a moment. All right, everyone, welcome back. Uh, Thanks again for being here. So one of the things I was talking about when uh, I was talking about my statement of claim is that there are a number of different ways to move forward when one is dealing with government service agencies. And I mentioned some of the other options that were available to me. I could potentially apply for a judicial review. Uh, The reason that I chose not to do that in this particular situation is, although I believe that that would actually potentially facilitate um, a good outcome for me, uh, I don't believe it would be significantly faster than filing a statement of claim. And I do have a legitimate 
uh, dollar claim to be making. So that's why I chose to go that route. Uh, that's why I chose a statement of claim at least over an application to the divisional court for judicial review. Um, but some of the other options are, again, I, I mentioned complaining to the city of Ottawa, uh, but that's one of those things where all they do is they contact housing services, let them know that I filed a complaint with the city of Ottawa. Housing services will then conduct an internal review. So they basically determine themselves whether or not they've done anything wrong. Clearly, they already don't seem to think that they've done anything wrong or they would be getting back to me and making changes. So to me, that seems kind of like a pointless venture, especially with, especially considering the fact that I have filed uh, complaints with the city of Ottawa in the past in hopes of an alternative to court. And it's never provided a resolution. It's never, you know, they make a determination, but it's never in my favor. And they, they feel that that's the end of it. You know what, we've decided that what we've done is okay. So yeah, uh, you know, whatever. And so I didn't feel that that was going to facilitate the, you know, any, anything good. I didn't think anything good would come from that. So the other consideration was potentially the ombudsman. Now, <clears throat> one of the reasons that I hadn't considered the ombudsman before is because it was actually uh, something that was suggested to me in lieu of a judicial review, I think by Ontario Works. I could be wrong, but you know, I mentioned in one of my emails that if they didn't respond, then I would potentially file an application to uh, the Divisional Court for Judicial Review. And in their response, they said, you know, you mentioned that you were considering a judicial review. And uh, I think they said that we recommend that you seek a lawyer and other alternatives or whatever. Um, but I think one of the recommendations that they made was to contact the ombudsman first. They said that that's what they felt I should do. And so the reason that that doesn't or didn't really seem like the best avenue for me is because it seems as though it might be very much like complaining to the city. You know, the ombudsman is supposed to police government service representatives, but they're also a government agency. And so I don't know, you know, it's kind of that brotherhood thing, you know, like a police officer is not going to rat out another police officer. There's a code there, I think. Now, I could be very, very wrong about that. Maybe the people who are working for the ombudsman are you know legitimately determined to hold service representatives accountable um, i do believe in justice and i do believe that the canadian legal system has all of the legal protections um, within it to afford for all of our rights and that if all of the service representatives in canada were honoring their positions of office we would have a virtually perfect system um, the problem is that the service representatives are not honoring their position of office. They're not fulfilling their obligations to Canada's people. So having said all of that, uh, it doesn't take away from the fact that, you know, yeah, okay, I've, I've prepared a statement of claim. I've even got it printed and ready for filing. It's all good to go. That hasn't done anything to diminish the stress that I'm feeling. And I can legitimately tell you that I'm feeling more stressed about this 
that I can remember being about anything in my entire life. I don't generally worry about stuff too much. I trust the flow of the universe. And, uh, you know, so in many other situations, I am the kind of person that would just be like, okay, you know what, I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to file the statement of claim. And you know what, if they just continue and they gaslight me and, you know, remove my subsidy and I end up being forced from my home or whatever, I, I just trust that that's all the universe's plan and that somehow all of those events are going to lead me to exactly the place that I need to be to accomplish what I came here to do. Somehow they're going to facilitate whatever, you know, I just trust. I just trust the universe in everything, pretty much. Um, but I decided because I could not get this thing out of my mind and because I still haven't, even after, you know, CCing multi-faith or uh, CCing housing services, on the email that I sent to my landlord regarding my mail yesterday, uh, there still hasn't been a response from multi-faith or from housing services. And I did kind of anticipate that if their negligence and the way they were behaving was made known to my landlord, that, I don't know, they might have some kind of a realization that, oh, this might look really bad to his landlord. Maybe we should at least look like we're trying to do the right thing. Um, but yeah, you know, I didn't hear anything from them yet. There's no email in my inbox. Uh, so, you know, it's really, really hard to concentrate and focus on just life and enjoying, you know, I'm, I really do earnestly wish to get back to my painting and, you know, you need to be in the right headspace to do that kind of thing. And it's very hard to sit down and work on a painting and pretend like everything is, you know, fine and well in the universe when I know it's not. And so I described it on my blog as fight or flight. Um, <clears throat> we know that when we are faced with a life-threatening situation, um, any living thing will go into a state of fight or flight which basically means your, you know, your adrenaline is going to spike. You're going to develop, you know, two, three times the strength that you normally have. And all of that energy, like all of your, uh, every single fiber in your body focuses on helping you become stronger and faster so you can survive. So whether you use that to fight your enemy or whether you use it to flee, it doesn't really matter. You're going to be able to run way faster when there's a lion chasing you <laughs> than you will be, you know, in a race at school or something, you know, like, uh, and I believe that the same philosophy applies psychologically. So it almost felt like every neuron in my brain was firing at a faster rate of speed. You know, what else can I do? You know, have I exhausted every single possibility and resource that's available to me right now? Have I absolutely done everything that I can to make sure that I do everything I can to comply with this ridiculous order that they're giving me? Is there anything else at all that I can do? And that was basically the primary sponsoring thought behind everything else that followed. And the first thing that did follow is I decided you know, maybe, maybe I'll take a look at the ombudsman and see 
you know, how it in, how involved it is to file a complaint with them if I feel that my rights are being trespassed upon. So I went to the website and I was <laughs> quite literally stunned to find out how easy it was. I don't know why I thought it would be a little bit more complicated than it was, but I mean, it was, it was easier than filing a complaint with the city of Ottawa. And so, you know, I figured there could be no harm in doing it. You know, maybe it won't result in anything, but it couldn't hurt my, my situation in, by any means. So I filed a complaint with the ombudsman today and I'm getting better at saying that word. Have you noticed? Uh, yeah, that's a really tricky word to say. Try it. O-M-B-U-D-S-M-A-N, ombudsman. <laughs> it just doesn't want to flow out. I don't know, at least not for me, but anyway. Uh, so what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to have another segment of Letters Out Loud coming up uh, just after the break. I'm going to go over that. Uh, and again, it's going to be another segment for my Letters Out Loud series, so I won't be giving any intro or anything. I'm just going to come back and read the complaint directly, and then I'll come back and, uh, and discuss my thoughts about it afterward. So stay tuned. I'll be right back with the uh, complaint to the ombudsman in just a minute. Complaint Submission, Ombudsman, Ontario. Date 6-16-2021. Please indicate which of the following your complaint is about, municipality. What organization is your complaint about? Please identify by name, housing services. First name, Sean. Last name, Von Den. Address. I'm withholding that for this audio. Email. GnosticWisdom37 at gmail.com. Please indicate the best time to contact you, afternoon. Please provide a short summary of your complaint. I'm being threatened with serious economic duress and homelessness for failing to return a renewal package to housing services they have not sent to me. I received a final notice from housing services in the regular mail on June 8th, stating that my housing subsidy will be revoked if I do not return the housing renewal package to them before June 18th. I immediately contacted Housing Services by way of email to inform them that no renewal package or any other notices have been have arrived. They are also insulting my character, addressing me as Bond and Sean, despite having advised them that the style of my name expressed as Bond and Sean is defined in Canadian law as a legal personality with no rights of citizenship or family. The proper style of my name is Sean Bonden, and I have requested they address me as such. <clears throat> They insisted that I allow them to address me as Von Den Sean or to have my subsidy revoked. Housing Services is using my housing subsidy to threaten and intimidate me, gaslighting me by failing to respond to any email since June 8th, the day I emailed them to let them know no, newer, no renewal package has been received. They refuse to respond despite being placed on notice of criminal negligence and liability for ignoring their obligations to me under Canada's Charter and the UN Covenant on Civil and Political Freedoms, legally binding upon all service representatives in Ontario. All right, so that was the complaint. Uh, I think that was a very, I was pretty proud actually of, of how 
I was able to put that together into a very quick summary without going on too long. Uh, so I think that pretty much summarizes everything that's going on and gives them a reasonable idea of uh, the situation that I'm in. Uh, I also received immediately after that, as the website suggests it, I did receive a, an email confirmation of my receipt of complaint. And included in that email was also uh, another email address that's info, I think, at Ombudsman. And basically, it stated in the email that if I had any additional information to add or questions, to use that email and not to respond to the email confirming my complaint had been received. So I did uh, follow up with another email to them. Um, and the purpose of that email or the follow-up email was just to let them know, because I'm not sure how the automated process works, how quickly they generally uh, review the complaints. So I wanted to let them know that this complaint is very urgent, urgent and time sensitive. So I'm going to be coming back with that uh, as another segment to the Letters Out Loud series uh, in just a moment as well. And then I'll come back afterward and uh, discuss how I feel that's going to help my situation. Okay, be right back. So follow-up email to the Ombudsman. Subject line reads, criminal negligence, uttering threats, defamation of character. Hello. I filed a complaint with the Ombudsman roughly an hour ago. I do require, I do require a reply and time is of the essence. Once again, Housing Services is not only acting negligent, they are demonstrating willful negligence as they know I have not received the renewal package. They are threatening me with undue economic duress and effectively the loss of my housing for failing to return to them. Previous to this, they were also willfully defaming my character, insisting that I must accept emails addressed to Von Den Sean, stating that it is my legal name, even after being advised it is not the proper legal and lawful style of my name, and that the legal person they are asking me to identify with is defined by Canadian law as a legal person with no rights of citizenship or family by the Justice of Canada's Terminology and Linguistics Data Bank. I provide a link. Finally, all service providers in Canada are bound to the UN Covenant on Civil and Political Rights. The UN Covenant is a legally binding contractual obligation upon Canada, and despite advising these service representatives that they are trespassing upon my rights under the UN CCPR, they continue to do so willfully, effectively trespassing upon my right of self-determination and trespassing upon my right to freely dispose of my natural wealth without prejudice to foreign obligations. You can find where the Justice of Canada clearly defines that the UNCCPR is a legally binding contractual obligation upon Canada's service representatives on the Justice of Canada website. I am exercising my rights under the UNCCPR of self-determination and would greatly appreciate if service representatives in Canada, Ontario, and the City of Ottawa would cease to trespass upon my right to freely dispose of my natural wealth without prejudice to foreign obligations so that I'm not subject to bondage and slavery, continually deprived of my own means of subsistence, and subject to these immoral acts upon immoral attacks upon my character and reputation. These service representatives, which include Ontario Works, are demonstrating willful disregard to their legal, legally binding contractual obligations to the inherent rights 
of Canada's people. My right of self-determination has been recognized by the Registrar General's Office of Canada. Please see attachment. I include the uh, letter of response from Canada's Registrar General's Office. I'm suffering more mental and emotional duress than I have ever previously been subject to in my life. And the threat from housing services provides a deadline of June 18th. Even though I've advised them that I have not received the package they are threatening me with, they have failed to respond to my emails or provide any other relief to provide me with assurances I will not be subject to homelessness as a result of their negligence, which leads me to believe these attacks are willful and intentional. I am also filing a statement of claim against them for defamation of my character under threat of economic duress later this week. Thank you, King Sean, House of Den, and to Stephen, Kingdom of God. All right, everyone. So that is the complaint of the ombudsman. Uh, that did make me feel considerably better. Uh, I'm not entirely sure why. I, I don't know how long it will take them to get back to me. Uh, but, you know, it's it's one more, it's one more, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just one more assurance or, or one more detail that is a record of how of how stressed out I am about this. I mean, um, the more the more complaints I make, the more people that I make this aware to, or the more uh, organizations that I make aware of this, the more obvious it is that you know I'm really really in dire straits here. So uh, I believe that that's seriously going to help my case, uh, and uh, it may also bode well for me with my statement of claim, because they may very well ask if, uh, you know, filing with the court was my last resort, because that's what court is supposed to be. It's, it's supposed to be, you know, you're only really supposed to file into the courts when you have no other choice, when there's no other recourse for you. So this way I'm allowed to say that, yes, you know what, I did exhaust every resource and, uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to provide any relief in time, but at least I've kind of covered my bases. That's the word I was looking for before, covering my bases. So, you know, despite getting that done, and it did really make me feel a lot better, I still wasn't feeling good. I still don't have any assurance that my subsidy is, is going to be, you know, sustained. Uh, and that is my priority. You know, I do not wish to be forced from my home uh, because this is this is my office. This is what gives me the opportunity to do these shows, to publish my blog, and to really focus on the things that I want to accomplish. Um, needless to say, that is going to be considerably more challenging if I'm trying to do it from the streets. And don't get me wrong, it's not going to stop me. I, I absolutely will, and I have before. But that's not the ideal situation for me. So this is literally fight or flight type thinking. I'm exhausting every possible avenue that I can. So I got that done. And uh, shortly after that, I was kind of outside thinking to myself, okay, you know, what else can I do? Have I really covered all of my bases? And then I thought, you know, what about going to housing services in person 
and picking up the form. So I decided to Google map housing services. It is a 10.2 kilometer hike. It takes about two and a half hours according to Google maps, but no joke, I'm gonna do it uh, because that's just the kind of man I am. I will do whatever it takes to ensure my own safety and well-being. And if that means, you know, walking two and a half hours there and two and a half hours back, five hours out of my day, you know, tomorrow or Friday, then that's what I'm going to do. But it's not exactly ideal and not something I particularly want to do. So, you know, I, I don't know how uncomfortable it's going to be when I go there. And, you know, I don't even know that I have all of the information that they request in the renewal form. So, you know, I might get there, fill out everything that I can and still not have all of the information. And still, despite all of that energy, have them decide that they're gonna revoke my subsidy. Uh, so yeah, I, I needed to, I don't know. If that is what they do, there, there really isn't much I can do, except <clears throat> what I would do is if I were there in person and I filled out the renewal form, I would basically swear an affidavit that no, there has been no change to my income. Uh, the only places that I receive income from are Ontario Works and Housing Services. You're both government agencies and I hereby give you my consent to check with any other ministries of the Canadian government necessary for you to verify these statements to be factual and true. And I can swear that as an affidavit with the application, and that would be legally sufficient. Problem with that is, if they really are trying to cause me harm, they may refuse to sign as a witness to that document and may not accept it as an affidavit of fact, even though, because this is something I, I haven't spoken about before, but one of the advantages to having full status and standing in law is that you are no longer considered to be dishonorable. Okay. I, I don't, you know, I know people don't like to think that that's how you're perceived, but if you're using uh, the legal personality that's the artificial legal personality that's created for you by the state, that all caps name, it's very, very much true. You do not have you are perceived in law, legally speaking, to be an indentured servant and bonded slave, a prisoner of war. Okay. And I believe that the reason for doing that is because uh, I believe it was intentional. And I believe it was to punish the government of Canada for uh, its treasonous acts against the Queen, however many years ago when they refused to pay taxes and, you know, whatever for all of, because you got to remember, it's all of the queen stuff that came here, all of her people, all of her technology, all of her ships, all of whatever. And then the colonists get here and they're like, ah, too bad. So sad. We're, <laughs> we're going to keep this land for ourselves and we're not going to pay you anything for all of the stuff that you gave us and whatever. That was an act of treason. Okay. And you can, you can feel however you like about it. But that is exactly what that was. Okay. And then, you know, they eventually developed a peace treaty 
But I think that that was just because Her Majesty really doesn't want to go to war with people if she doesn't have to. And really, who's going to pay the price? It's not going to be the government officials that are that are committing treason against her. It's going to be, you know, the less knowledgeable people that they're influencing underneath that go out to war and end up, you know, serving that war effort and getting killed potentially. And the same thing with her soldiers or whatever. So in, in the effort of trying to save lives, it was better to maintain control of the colonies by economic means. And so, you know, the queen had taught them the court system and how to set up a court system and how to set up a government and how to set up all that stuff. But she didn't have to reveal all the secrets of economics and banking to them. She kept those to herself. And that way, she maintains control just by knowledge. Knowledge is power, right? So if they don't know how to, you know, you can claim independence all you want, but if you don't know how to run an economy or, or create an independent coin for your realm and run a country, it doesn't matter how independent you claim to be, you are dependent upon the queen. And that is demonstrated right now through our financial institutions. So that's my take on it. That's probably the most controversial take that I have because I know a lot of people perceive the queen to be evil. I don't. I don't perceive it that way at all. I don't know what the queen is like as an individual, obviously. But what I would suggest is that her position represents uh, more of a status and um, an obligation to protect the sovereign rights of Canada's people. So uh, <laughs> that's my cat. And I don't know what she's crying about right now. Uh, she's. I, I think she's just jealous I'm talking to you. It is a little distracting though. So I'm gonna pause for a brief moment and uh, see if I can let her outside because that might give her some relief. I don't, but she's like crying at the bathroom door and she doesn't go in the bathroom. And uh, so I don't know what she's uh, whining about. Oh, but now she's waking, making her way to the front door. So I'm gonna go let her out. That'll give me enough time to finish out this call. So yeah, I apologize for the inconvenience. Stay right there, I'll be right back. All right, welcome back everyone. Sorry about the interruption. Um, so yeah, just to just to quickly finish up on that thought of the Queen, I'm not joking when I say that I do not believe that anybody who's working in Canada's government right now has the very first clue about how to actually govern a sovereign economy or a sovereign nation. And I believe that the economic system that's in place right now and the status that is given to the citizens of Canada, the default status of prisoner of war was given for that reason, because as long as we are paying allegiance to Canada, we are actually, you know, giving allegiance to a country that has been treasonous to Her Majesty and is allegedly operating under Her Majesty and not wanting to give taxes or anything to Her Majesty for providing us with all of the things that they, they've done for us. And the interesting thing about it is that the whole reason initially, apparently, for, for wanting to separate from the crown was because of taxes, right? Are we still paying taxes or no? Yeah, we're just giving them to somebody else, right? So 
that's what I'm getting at. You know, it's not like we traded one thing for something better. No, these corrupt people just wanted to keep the money for themselves and have control. And I think Her Majesty knew and understood that and believed maybe just in her heart that eventually the people would wake up <clears throat> to the corrupt economic system and realize that Canada doesn't have the first clue how to govern a country and would in fact also realize that their legal system affords them certain protections under the Queen that are not offered by the Canadian government. So the Canadian government has duties, responsibilities, and obligations to their people that Her Majesty absolutely guarantees. So that's why when you file a claim against Canada, it's basically, you know, Sean Von Den versus uh, Regina, because they're supposed to be representing the queen. And so if they don't fulfill their obligations to her under her majesty, the protection of the sovereign people, then we complain to her majesty. And so that's, yeah, um, that's kind of a sidebar, but I wanted to explain why I believe the uh, legal person that everybody is, is given by default has that status of prisoner of war. I believe that's the reason why. So anyway, what happened when I came back inside after having this thought about walking all the way to housing services, I felt way, way better because I knew that one way or the other, I could get this accomplished. I can get this, I can get them their stupid renewal package and too bad, so sad, they won't be able to cut me off because I'll comply with all of their ridiculously unreasonable demands. I accomplish the impossible on a regular basis, so I'm going to make it work. Well, I come in after feeling slightly better and receive an email from my landlord that had been forwarded by Rachel the other day, who was just an intern helping out over the summer. And my landlord's basically assured me that they're going to replace the lock on my mailbox to secure that. And expressed that they were very sorry to hear about everything that was going on with uh, housing services. And I forwarded the statement of claim and the notice of criminal liability that I sent to housing services on the, on June 8th and let Lori know that despite having done this, they still hadn't responded to me to provide me with any other means of filling out this form or anything else. And yeah, uh, landlord got back to me and told me that they would be happy to drive me to housing services, have, you know, get the renewal form, have me fill it out and drop me back home. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen, that was like a, a gift from God on my lucky Wednesday. Uh, and I told you I have like awesome landlords and that's just you know, tantamount to the kind of things that they do. And, uh, you know, even, even the last reply that came from her, I said, you have no idea. Like I, I initially didn't even take her up on it because I felt bad. <laughs> you know, it's not my landlord's duty to have to drive me all the way to housing services. I would never have asked for that. Uh, but you know, the offer was very, very generous. And I came back maybe uh, 15, 20 minutes later and said, you know what? I, I would love to take you up on that offer if it still stands because 
as much as I know that this is not your burden and it should not be your inconvenience, I really am in a tough spot. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to refuse to accept the gifts God gives me. So, you know, and uh, sure enough, they responded to me and, and just said that uh, they're sending an email tomorrow morning to find out when they can stop by to pick up the renewal package and will get back to me as soon as they receive word. So that is very, very encouraging. And uh, I don't know when that's going to happen, if it'll happen tomorrow or Friday. But if I'm able to get that done tomorrow, that'll be absolutely wonderful because then I won't have anything else to worry about on Friday except filing my claim. And if it doesn't happen tomorrow for some reason, and it does get postponed until Friday, <coughs> excuse me, depending on what time Friday, I may very well be able to have my statement of claim filed first thing in the morning. And after going to housing services and filling out my renewal package, I can say thank you very much. And before I go, here you go. You've been served, and I'll have a witness from multi-faith housing to see me serve those documents upon uh, housing services. So that's my lucky for this Wednesday, and that keeps you in the loop with what's going on. Uh, and I hope that maybe gives people an example of, of you know, exhausting every resource, like literally, I think I have exhausted every resource now. And in the event that, because uh, one of the other things I'm very curious about now is whether or not they even respond to Lori. Whoops. Okay, well, you know what? <laughs> I have a feeling I might've let the name slip once before, but I'm not giving any last names and I don't think anybody out there knows um, who that is, but uh, nonetheless, um, it, that, that name may end up coming up onto the public record at some point anyway, because they are going to be bearing witness to this and may be part of my lawsuit down the road anyway. And all lawsuits that are filed in Canada are public. Uh, yeah, they're available on the public record for anyone to see unless, uh, yeah, unless they ask for privacy because it's, you know, it's going to be damaging to somebody that's involved in the case. Um, you know, like if you're sexually assaulted or something like that, you might not want the public to know what was done to you. So they might, you know, they might seal uh, the records for a case like that. But generally, all information that's filed into the courts on a court of record is available to the public. And that includes the names of any witnesses or whatever that may be called forth. So, um, it's entirely likely that the name is going to be made public eventually anyway. And to be honest with you, I don't think it's so much that the individual doesn't really want their name expressed. It's because they are literally such a good, honest, heartfelt corporation or yeah, not-for-profit corporation that they just don't want to take credit for it. Like really, they, you know, um, and that's really, I think a, a testimony of somebody who's doing a good deed just to do a good deed. In fact, that's exactly what was expressed to me. I was just like, hey, do you, do you have any problems with me? You know, saying thank you to you personally uh, on my website and, you know, podcast, because you were literally a godsend to me today. 
And they said, you know what, I, I just do things because I want to help and do the right thing. I don't, I don't want any recognition for it, so I prefer to stay anonymous. So I want to honor that <clears throat> as best as I can. And uh, I don't think I'm actually revealing the identity of the individual to anybody that's in. Yeah, I don't think anybody knowing this is going to know who that is. Um, and if they do, then I guess I can come back and remove this podcast if anybody has any complaints about it. I honestly don't think that'll be the case. Um, all right, I might have a couple more things to add to this show, but that was what I wanted to talk about immediately. And I just don't want to be here stuttering and thinking about what it is I'm going to talk about next. So I'm just going to go for a minute, organize my thoughts, and I'll either come back to be saying goodnight and wishing you a great week, or I'll have a couple other things to add before I sign off. Back in just a moment. Hang tight. All right, everybody. Uh, so yeah, I've reviewed today's show as far as timelines go, and it looks like we're getting to be around the 39-minute mark, I'm guesstimating. And so I think that's probably good for today. I don't really have anything pressing more that I wish to share with you right now. So uh, that's keeping you in the loop. And I really do, for the first time, feel a sense of relief. Um, I have a feeling that I am going to, yeah, <laughs> I am going to make sure one way or the other that my subsidy is not revoked. And that is going to be truly a godsend because that allows me to focus on everything else. And uh, yeah, that really is paramount in my life right now. So um, yeah, I, I figured it was going to be worth sharing with all of you, you know, not only how I ended up resolving this matter and finding a solution for myself, but, um, you know, all of the thought processes that have led up to it, because I'm telling you, um, anybody who wants to walk down this road, one of the reasons that I am going to be potentially offering, uh, you know, a course on how to create a legal entity for oneself that they can use and stand on in court that does not have the status of a bonded slave, indentured servant, and prisoner of war. And I'm going to be providing support for anybody who does that uh, through my course once I do get it created for these reasons specifically, just because uh, my experiences have dictated that the superior offices of the government um, that know well enough that these are serious crimes will never ever um, provide one with a an absolute assertion of that crime, if you will. So the moment one goes to their government and says, hey, how am I bound to you? They're never going to say that you are bound to them. There's because that would be you know, immediately an admission of bondage and slavery, and everybody knows how serious that crime is. So the superior offices in Canada and in my experiences so far, which I've been able to demonstrate most recently by the letter that was returned to me by the uh, Registrar General's office, the significance of that letter, particularly for those who think it might not mean so much, is that the whole correspondence 
with Service Ontario was published on my blog. And one of the last statements before that letter came to me was, look, you know, you're stating that the birth certificate doesn't represent a commercial value. You're saying it doesn't represent uh, yeah, it doesn't represent a commercial value and it, you know, I'm not bound to it. So if these things are true and you're not presuming to have any authority or jurisdiction over me and that record doesn't have any hold or authority over me, then I would like you to respond to me and explain exactly what that document is, why it's created in the first place, and I would appreciate it if you would address me by my proper legal and lawful name. That's all I said. And they came back addressing the letter to King Sean, House of Montana, and to Stephen King to McGough. So <clears throat> that was the assertion from the Registrar General's office that, you know what, no, nope, we're not claiming, and specifically in that line, uh, the Registrar General's office does not hold or um, does not register or hold authority of people. Uh, so you'll notice that's also in my statement of claim, and I can prove that. So my status as king is legitimate as it's ever going to be in Canadian law, and I don't believe that it can never be disputed in a court of law because I have the paperwork to back it up. And courts, that's all they operate on. Okay, they don't, they don't, you know, they don't vote for one side or the other or award victory to one side or the other because they like a person's arguments better. And I used the word person deliberately that time. Uh, they do it exclusively based on the evidence that's presented to them. And, you know, if an argument is placed and there's no rebuttal to it from the other side, well, that's that's done. That's why they call it court. You serve a ball, they don't serve it back, point. That's how it works. Um, so that's my show for today. I'm very grateful to have all of you, and I am especially grateful to be sharing this, uh, I don't know, this, this uh, euphoric moment for me, because that's what it was. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I really, I told you I have the best landlords ever. And I really, truly believe that. Uh, I think they would go to the ends of the earth for me if I asked them to. And that's, <laughs> more often than that, that's why I don't want to, because I know that they would probably do anything. But, uh, you know, it's not, it's not their duty. So it's very, very nice of them. To, oh, yeah, that's one other thing I wanted to state is that, yeah, like I said, I, I waited like 15 minutes before I actually responded and said, yes, okay, I'll take you up on that. And this is one of the things that I have a problem with is that, and I acknowledge it, which is why I, you know, message back 15 minutes later. I really have this problem. I am so independent and so determined to accomplish things, you know, by myself that I don't ask for help even when I need it, you know? And even when somebody's coming and offering me their hand, I'm like, no, 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 I'm good, don't worry. And that's not true, you know? So <laughs> this is true, you know, that's my ego talking and I knew it. And so that's what I wanted to say on, on the last part of this call is that, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. I'm still working on that myself, so I understand how hard it can be, but absolutely, 
do not refuse help if it's offered to you, especially when you're in a hard situation and you've been asking for help. Okay? There's a joke. Uh, it's, it's like a comic strip type joke. And it's this man in the middle of the ocean, drowning, and it shows a little bubble coming from his head. It says, God, please help me. Please help me. I, I know you'll save me. And a ship comes by. And it says, uh, hey, how are you doing out there? You okay? You know, let us help you. And he says, no, 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 it's okay. God's taking care of me. And the ship says, okay. And they keep on going. Another ship comes, same thing. And finally, the guy drowns. And uh, they show him at the pearly gates up in heaven. You know, that's the next thing in the bubble. And uh, he's standing before God and he says, you know, God, I have had faith in you my entire life. And I asked you to save me and you didn't. You let me drown. And he said, what are you talking about? He said, I sent two ships to you. And you said no to both of them. So <laughs> just keep in mind, uh, don't question the way God gives you the help. Just understand that all of us are, in fact, the living extension of God. And so, uh, yeah, the voice of God is the voice of man. I love you all. Uh, stay well, stay positive, and have a wonderful week and a lucky Wednesday. Thanks.